Sherm Chester along with Sam Bruno today on the forum. And our special guest is the executive director of the New Hampshire Interscholastic Athletic Association, Jeff Collins. Welcome back, Jeff. Thank you so much, Sherm. Nice to see you, Sam. Good to be back with you guys. We've got a few weeks of the season underway. So, Sam, take it away. Well, hi, Jeff. I guess the first update is uh, this September, I think, is much different than last September. Um, can you give us a COVID update as far as how teams are handling any protocols around the state? Yeah, we've certainly come a long way in 18 months. So there's no doubt about it. We had our annual meeting this week and it was, you know, kind of a reflection on what we've all been the past 18 months from, you know, shutting down uh, all sports, you know, uh, March of uh, 20, uh, 2020 and uh, to last year and this year. So, you know, it's it's been a difficult journey. There's no doubt about it, um, you know, and it continues to be um, a struggle in some parts of the state and uh, with COVID numbers and, and things of, of that nature. But um, as much as things have changed, things have kind of remained the same. We are still um, going to school and playing sports in a COVID world. And we have to expect uh, some issues with that, you know, teams uh, not being able to play games uh, for whatever reason, whether it's a number of COVID cases or because of COVID cases, they don't have enough kids to play. So, you know, trying to navigate those pieces and, and how do we, you know, how do we work through this year? Um, really, the, the, the aim for the past 18 months has been get out there and play. How do we how do we provide opportunities for kids to get out there and play? Um, clearly, that is still our aim. Um, it's not uh, as perfect as one may hope to get back to quote unquote normal, um, because the world is not normal at this point in time. So, um, you know, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work to be done. I think you know, starting out this fall, we were in a better place. We started on time. Um, all sports started on time. We didn't delay after the beginning of school. Um, you know, we are dealing with uh, situations where COVID is occurring, um, allowing schools to postpone games, try to reschedule their games, because again, it's been about the opportunities for kids. Um, and then, uh, you know, move forward with uh, as much of a normal for our playoffs and, and uh, getting in the game and finishing out our seasons in a positive note. Jeff, uh, always a big day. You mentioned the annual fall meeting when uh, ADs and coaches from around the state get together. Can you tell us about some of the highlights of that meeting? Yeah, I mean, the, um, our annual meeting is required by bylaw on a yearly basis. And it's all the athletic directors, um, principals, coaches, athletic, um, and uh, superintendents are invited. Um, probably the highlight of the meeting are the awards that we give out to the individual. You know, we name, uh, we have a number of awards uh, from the NHIA uh, that our awards committee gives out on a yearly basis, uh, from the Unhung Unsung Hero Award to, uh, you know, to the Jim DeMara Service Award. So um, just a, a wonderful opportunity to honor uh, individuals, uh, contributors to sports across the state of New Hampshire and student athletes as well. Um, and all the information, really nice write-up on our webpage. I would encourage people to go see it, uh, but it's, it's just a nice opportunity to celebrate the, the year that has gone by and, and look forward to uh, this year coming up. And it must have been, must have been a, just a, a better 
spirit in the room uh, on Monday. Everybody kind of took maybe a deep breath and said, uh, maybe we're by this now. Yeah, I think, it, look, we're, we're all educators and we all get into the business of education because we love to be around people. So, you know, having being behind the Zoom camera for, you know, almost 18 months, it's nice to get out there and see individuals and interact and, and having these conversations. So, yes, it, it was a it was a great gathering. The Grapponi Center, as usual, does an incredible job. Um, it was a, you know, really the first opportunity to get to meet and, and, and sit down and have conversations with people across the state you know, in person for the first time. So, yeah, there, there are some positive aspects of moving forward, um, you know, this year. But again, this year is going to be we're going to face some of the same challenges that we had last year and different ones as well. So my message to everybody has been, you know, we have we have gotten through these 18 months by applying a process that's been in place for the 75 years of our existence. And that is listening to our constituencies, having meetings with our sports specific committees and approvals by our council and moving forward. And again, with our eyes on the prize and the goals, providing opportunities for kids to compete. Um, uh, and I think those are really positive aspects. That, that's what has gotten us through. And that's that my message is, you know, we have a very solid process despite, you know, what else is going on in the world. You know, we're highly encouraged that marching band is back and perform fine and performing arts are back and, you know, in some way, shape or form, um, you know, certainly um, with the opening of Broadway, um, you know, all of these opportunities that, get kids to um, showcase their, their talents, whether it's on the sports field or theater or band competition field. These are the, this is the, the essence of high school, you know, um, reading and writing arithmetic are very, very important. Don't get me wrong, but these um, extracurriculars and co-curricular activities and providing kids the social emotional needs that they have um, is absolutely essential. So, you know, certainly encouraged by the positive start to all of this and, and moving forward in, in a positive direction. You know, I like to call it the new normal <laughs> or, or, or what we can consider the new normal. Uh, if I hear the new normal one more time, boy, I tell you, it's... Uh, I, you have to you you have to be able to and individual teams and individual uh, schools have to be able to react to whatever may be coming their way. Mm. Um, so, uh, do you the NHIA? Do you still have the protocols uh, in place uh, about what schools should do, or is it up to them to? Well, by and yeah, by and large, it's a great question. By and large, they have to follow what the state guidance has been. And uh, that's really dictating, and that's really what has been happening throughout uh, throughout the eighteen months, following you know, the state's protocols. And you know, we know our schools uh, very well. Uh, you know, they're not going to take any uh, they're not going to take any risks and risks to their students, and quite frankly, to the to their opponents. So you know, we applaud all their efforts and what they're doing, and trying to keep kids safe and trying to. Um, you know, compete and provide those opportunities for kids. But, you know, ultimately, you know, they, they're following the protocols of the state, which we support 100%. And if we need to make some modifications to our bylaws, the, the, that's what we are prepared to do. I, I was going to say, we, I know we, we you brought it up just a few minutes ago, that it's kind of refreshing. You can see bands 
during the football games. And the big thing is to see fans in the stands. That was the most important thing, I think, to get just the uh, kind of a normalcy back to the event. And then uh, last year, this time, basically it was golf and cross country that had green light because they're outdoor events. And the football was you know, as, as could be played. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think, Sharma, you, you're right. You know, we, we had a couple of sports that had the green light, but I think it's important to note that New Hampshire was the only state in New England that played all of our sports last year. The only sport that we didn't have the opportunity to play, and that wasn't because of, well, it's because of venue-specific. venue, venue specific. We weren't able to get it cross-country because we had no place to run cross-country. But, um, you know, we, I think the state um, – the state collectively, athletic directors, principals, um, the uh, the officials' associations did an incredible job of trying to provide those opportunities for kids, and we were able to do that collectively. Again, very different um, if you take a sport like uh, swimming and and, um, and wrestling. You know how that looked last year was completely different than what we have done in the past, but. Uh, again, was the, the aim was to provide those opportunities, and we were successful in doing that. And some of our sports became models for the rest of New England, and they adapted those. And, you know, some states did kind of a fourth season or whatever, and they looked at, you know, our pathway forward, and they adopted those models to provide those kids opportunities to play. So, um, again, I, you know, there, there are a lot of positive aspects of last year, and you know, regardless of the heavy lifting, the hard work, and things like that, there's really some positives that we hope to capitalize on this year, and and and, and again, provide those opportunities for the kids. I know Sam. Sam wanted to. He was going to bring up a question about venues. Uh, Sam, why don't you throw that one at Jeff? Well, um, a couple of things, Jeff. I'm looking over the uh, fall tournament dates uh, that you've published so far, um, letting fans know that um, Bill Ball Stadium will host the semifinals and the finals of girls soccer in Division One and Division Two. Um, Bill Ball Stadium will also host the semifinals of Division One field hockey and Division Two field hockey and Division Three field hockey. Um, how about the football setup this year? Are there any changes in the football playoffs this year? Yeah, so the football's, uh, football, the championship games, it'll be the home of the higher seed throughout the tournament. And the championship games, we're going to go to um, a neutral high school site with a turf field um, this year, uh, trying to avoid the colleges and universities because, quite frankly, they're still trying to determine, you know, outside uh, rentals and whether or not they're going to be allowing people uh, to their to their venues, so um, making some plans in advance of that. Um, that's the decision um, that the football committee has made. Uh, we sent out a poll to all the athletic directors about that, and um, certainly that that was uh, the direction in which um, the football committee, the, or the majority, uh, say is is where we will be having our tournaments this year. Well, certainly we hope the Blue Hawks will be in the finals of the foot Division I football. But on the other hand, if they're not, then maybe Exeter could host a final game. Is that correct? Uh, that's, uh, certainly they have a wonderful venue of Exeter, but, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know who's going to be hosting, who's going to be working the game. But, uh, but Exeter say, would have yeah. the newest turf field that was just installed this year. 
Right, but Sam, if the if the Bulldogs make it into the state finals, then you want to go to the game. You're not you're not going to be wanting to work over at Exeter High School <laughs> for the game. Oh, he would. Yes, he would. <laughs> I would <too. laughs> We bleed blue, man. We bleed blue. Uh, just uh, jump ahead. I know we're, we're in the fall season, but are we looking ahead to winter already? You guys are getting some game plan up? Just Yeah, we, we'll be meeting in the coming weeks uh, with all of our sports committees. Um, as we know, as we've learned over these 18 months, um, it's tough to lay plans, to be quite frank, because it changes, you know, in our state every 14, you know, the, uh, the average, you know, every 14 days, the averages, but we'll be beginning to have our conversations. Um, we've been given the green light by the NFHS to allow whatever modifications we team are necessary to get the kids to play. Um, but we will be in the coming weeks with our uh, winter sports committees and try to put together some recommendations on the pathway forward and try to find a pathway forward to play this winter. Um, you know, obviously there's some, what we did last year is build upon um, what we were able to put in place for volleyball this past uh, last year uh, to bring about some sort of a winter season. And we'll be doing that this year as well, you know, looking at um, what has what has gone well uh, with volleyball. It certainly changes the landscape a little bit when everybody is back inside. You know, one thing I, I, I wanted to bring up on your web page, on your website, where people can keep posted on their different teams in the state, the divisions and, and how they're stacking up and all that. Uh, you also have some other important information uh, for folks and coaches to uh, to look over. Like, for instance, I'm on the Coach's Corner site right now. And uh, you have, uh, I'm just going to run through them real quick, coaches eligibility, uh, the uh, NFHS fundamentals of coaching course, uh, the ASEP sports first aid course, approved coaches education course. I mean, we can go down the whole list, but basically uh, something for anyone who wants to get involved or find out more about a particular sport, and especially if you're coaching it. Uh, tell us a little bit, bit about that, that site. Sure, sure. So, uh, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, we have really um, our, our guiding principles, our document uh, that guides all that we do is our NHIA handbook. You can find that under the about section under our website. And that really is broken up by uh, in, into no, numerous uh, sections or articles, if you will, um, that really outline the, the guiding principles and, and the foundation of each and every sport, uh, our bylaws, our rules with regard to eligibility, coaches' education, things of that nature. We also have another document um, for those of you, both of you guys are benefits, I know, kind of the local rule sheet, if you will, and that's the policies and procedures manual. What are specific rules that we have in place in the state of New Hampshire? And both of those documents are located on our website. Sharm, you bring up a, you know, a great point. Uh, all of our coaches in the state of New Hampshire, no matter what level you coach in high school, have to have a number of courses under their belt before they're even able to step on the field. So whether that's uh, you know, uh, CPR and first aid, related illness, um, uh, AED, all those, these are, these are required and mandated um, by the association that all coaches have. Um, rules reviews um, before they're even able to step out on the field. We feel that the athletic principals and trainers are have to be everywhere, but 
you know, those those coaches that are on the field are seeing the kids um, on a daily basis. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, they're dealing with them more closely than anybody else. So we require a number of different certifications for all of our coaches across the state of New Hampshire as a safety mint for all of our kids that are out there competing. So um, there's some interesting reading there. Some of it is a little bit high, to be honest with you, but, you know, the, it's the casual um, person going to a game. It's probably an important piece, and Sharon, thank you very much for bringing it up, that we have certain requirements for coaches to be able to coach in the state of New Hampshire. You've done a lot of recruiting for officials. Uh, have you had any uh, any people sign up? Uh, how's that going? Yeah, we do. We, I mean, we do have people from time to time. Certainly, uh, we're in a place where um, we need more. Uh, we need more qualified officials, uh, you know, to be out there. Um, we are certainly in a place where um, we have to look at different ways, different methodologies. I think, um, you know, I attended recently a seminar and, you know, I think one of the, one of the successes in another state has been really to target those um, empty nester parents, if you will, parents like me, uh, all of a sudden their kids, were very involved in high school sports and now they're on the college ranks. They don't have the high school aspect anymore. Maybe those, uh, there are a couple of states that really targeted those parents that have still are very invested in the sport, not necessarily in their kid who's now playing, uh, either playing in college or no longer playing, really targeting those, those, uh, those parents as well. So, you know, there's certainly a need across the state. There's a need across the United States for officials. Um, you know, it's a great way to, to um, still engage um, in a sport that you love, that you played a long time ago. Um, maybe you coached up through the ranks. Uh, they went through high school, you enjoyed the high school experience, but you're still uh, wanting to get back to that sport. So um, we have an area on our website, how to become official um, under the about section, I believe, or the official section. I would encourage, you know, people to go there to fill that out. Once you submit that document, it goes directly to the uh, officials organizations that you have selected as uh, that you have interest in joining and they take it from there. So, you know, um, I, I know of kids who have graduated from high school and they, their playing days are over. They have uh, joined apprentice programs, um, uh, you know, and college kids and things like that, but it's never too late. Uh, I, I won't mention any names, but there's a couple that I see at the basketball games during the basketball season that were exceptional players yeah. in this local area. And now they're officials. And I'll tell you, I, 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 I like the fact that I think their youth is in their favor because when they, when they talk to the kids during a game, if they're, you know, for whatever the offense is, uh, you know, they, they, they usually break it down to the kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, yeah, no. I, I, and I think that's, you know what, that's, that's the test of a true, uh, of a real good official is yeah. not only the officiating the game and keeping it safe for the kids or whatever, but you know, there are coaches out there too. And, and exactly. you know, not only are they on the flag, you know, you see it, uh, you know, you guys come football games, you'll see it. You know, you'll see the, the, the officials. Yeah. You got to keep your hands inside. You know, once you get outside here, it's, you keep them inside. It, you know, they, they, they do that. And, and a lot of, you know, I think, you know, it's just like teaching, right? You, you, 
you have your veteran teachers that are really good that are outstanding and they're still absolutely mm -hmm. uh, essential to a good school and a good school environment and a teaching staff and you have the you know some of the younger people coming up learning from those veterans and you know we're still at that point where you have a great mix of, of people and some really veteran officials that um, have been selfish selfless uh, mm -hmm. over the years and have yeah. given so much back and they have some more to give back to, to the next generation of officials. So yeah, years ago, I won't mention this, this official's name. He's, he's one of the, the senior guys now. Uh, but I went through the basketball officiating program and uh, I'll tell you, I, I liked his style. Uh, you know, he wasn't one of these aggressive referees when, when a team or a coach uh, would would start to get a little rowdy or out of hand. He just had a very calm way of handling it, going up to the coach and saying, uh, you know, <laughs> let's, let's, let's slow this down. You know, let's, let's take it easy, coach. You know? I mean, it's a difficult job. There's no doubt about it. You know, it, you know, you make a call, in, you know, the ex Gostown game and throw a flag. One side of the stadium is, is cheering you. The other side is, is jeering you. So, you know, it, it's, it's, the satisfaction is doing a great job and getting the kids to learn more about the game and, and, and having some fun out there. I, I said the, the official officiating crews this year in basketball, I said, this is kind of unique because we couldn't have but just a few parents in the stands. And usually it was the home team only. So it was kind of quiet and, and slanted, if anything. But it wasn't, it, it, you know, there wasn't the same like with the Exeter winner kind of rivalry, we'll put it, put that one out there. I mean, both sides going at the referees, no matter which way they went, they were wrong. <laughs> this year, it was it was more of an education for everybody because they could. It was more relaxed. I think the kids actually played better, myself, because they didn't have that tension of, you know, even just the energy in the room is great, but it also can work against you, I think, in a game sometimes, you know, just that pressure. Yeah, no, I and I understand it. And, and you know, certainly, you know, the fan experience and whatever, but, you know, you know, I used to say you know, years ago and I'll play in a parking lot. I don't care as long as I play, you know, and to me, that was the most important thing is the opportunity to get out there and compete. Um, you know, and, and really that's, that was the mantra last year, whether we play in front of, you know, a thousand fans or no fans, the, the, the ability to get out there and play and, and learn the valuable life lessons that that the sports teach you. Right. That's really essentially what it's about. The entertainment value is important, and you know the school culture and those pieces are really really important. But you know, again, boiling it down to what are those essential life lessons? What are the things that I'm still drawing upon today because of my experiences playing high school and college sports? And, yeah. and same with you, gentlemen. Um, you know, not everything is one to one correlation and applicable like you know i haven't hit a sled <laughs> since probably 1991 yeah well i don't know about that i'm probably breaking half i haven't hit a sled since 1991 but you know that social that that emotional that you know getting up for a challenge and challenging you know knowing that it's coming and you have to deal with it you have to work through it those are the pieces that we all deal with on our uh uh, uh, you know, in our lives. And I have to tell you, if I would be lying to you, if I didn't draw upon, you know, my experiences in playing sports and, 
and the lessons that I learned, the perseverance, the hard work, the determination that um, enabled me to do what I did in high school and college. If I, I, I drew upon every single bit of that this past, for the past, past 18 months. Jeff, am I, am I reading the local scene uh, correctly that around the state football numbers might be up? Um, I think in certain, in certain places they're, they're healthy in certain places. They're not. Okay. Uh, I just I have so, a feeling that maybe more kids were going out. There was that dip there for a while. I thought that maybe they were coming around now that, you know, safety, yeah. safety procedures have been put into place and protocols to, yeah. to keep players safe. And, uh, right. Right. It'll, well, I, I think Sam, the, the proof will be, you know, down the road when we get through COVID, but I think that, you know, um, it, it'll certainly be something that we'll be tracking and looking at, but, um, you know, in certain parts of the state, they're, they're healthy numbers and others, but, you know, there, there was some struggling, uh, going on. My final question for you today is how many years have you been in that chair now? Seven. This is my seventh year. Lucky number seven. I, I was going to think, is it, is it still fun? Fun. I, I mean, I think... This year, um, yes, um, because quite frankly, you get the fruits of everybody's labor. Um, last year was difficult because you know, I wasn't going to game. Um, you know, when it's whole fans only, I'm respectful of those pieces. I'm not taking a spot away from uh, uh, you know a parent going into the stand. So um, you know, it, it's just like teaching, uh, it's just like being an administrator, high school principal. Um, sometimes you leave your office to go into an English classroom and, you know, not necessarily to observe the teacher, but just to be around the kids and, um, you know, see you know, fruits of your hard work because you don't have a team of your own when you're, or you don't have a classroom of your own. Same thing happens here at the office. You don't necessarily have a team of your own, but you still enjoy that going out to see kids compete and the reason why you're doing it. So I'm looking forward to getting out to more games. I've been to a couple of football games already this year, seen a couple of soccer matches. Um, I'm really in, you know, looking forward to those pieces and um, to seeing the kids out there as well. One, one thing I did want to mention before we go to the two-minute drill, I, I'm back to your website for a second. Uh, I always encourage parents uh, and, and students because you have the life of an athlete as one of the uh, topics or, or several topics uh, where, where the students can learn more about their sport, sportsmanship in particular, and uh, ditto for the parents. It's really kind of a, a, a well-put-together website, so go to NHIAA.com. Two-minute drill, gentlemen. Uh, I'll let you have a second to come up with something, Jeff. I'll, I'll turn it over to Mr. Bruno. Well, I've got a couple of things, Sherm. First of all, is just a kind of a, to let everybody know that um, the Exeter Blue Hawks are getting ready for Winnicunnan Week. It's going to be on the 23rd, 24th, 25th, and this year Exeter will host all the games. So on the 23rd at 4 o'clock, it will be the Exeter Winnicunnan field hockey game. And then on the 24th, on a Friday, there'll be a doubleheader at Bill Ball Stadium. Boys soccer against Winnicunnan at 4 o'clock and girls soccer against Winnicunnan at 6 o'clock. And then capping off the uh, annual rivalry weekend, uh, it will be the football game, which will be on Saturday the 25th at uh, September 25th at Ball Stadium with a 1.30 kickoff between the Warriors 
and the Blue Hawks. Wrapping up, I've been harping on the Red Sox all season. We're in the home stretch now, 15 games left to go. The Red Sox now are in a race for a wild card berth. They are uh, so erratic from night to night. You don't know who's going to show up. You don't know who's playing. COVID has wrecked the team's uh, consistency. But I just know that in the last 15 games, they've got six games against the Orioles. They've got three games against the Washington Nationals. It's right there for them to make the playoffs. Um, I don't know if anybody is going to beat Toronto uh, in that wild card game. Toronto is red hot right now. But, uh, you know, if I had my druthers, I'd like to see the Red Sox and the Yankees tie at the end of the season and then have to play a one game playoff. And then the Red Sox would then have to go to Toronto and then all bets are off then. So we'll just have to see. So uh, again, it's going to be a wild two weeks to see if the Red Sox can make it. But uh, right now, uh, I wish I could say I was optimistic, but I'm not. And where do you where do you want to see that one game playoff in New York? Or Boston? Well, the Red Sox have a better home record, so you've got to have it in Boston. So that's uh, and the Red Sox do play the Yankees three more games, so that could be the difference in deciding where that game is played. Now to turn things over to you, Jeff. Two minutes. I don't know what, if I can live up to you and uh, Sam with this thing, but um, I would say you know we're back. We're open. Um, schools are open. We have kids going to classes and. Um, you know, uh, it's it's just uh, it's just a nice uh, nice way to start off the year. We're playing sports and, and we're moving forward on a different level. I think um, you know uh, we don't want to focus too much on the pros and whatever, but there's a lot to be really excited about for the New Hampshire uh, natives, if you will, that are doing so well beyond the high school ranks. Uh, I believe it was last had three of the. Uh, Three of the teams in the top 25 of the um, NCAA football poll, uh, three of them are led by uh, New Hampshire natives. It's pretty amazing. Um, it was really wonderful uh, to watch two football games last, uh, last weekend uh, with uh, New Hampshire um, products, if you will, um, on the field. And that's um, kid, an Exeter kid who's playing tight end for um, Hunter Long, who's playing for uh, the Dolphins. Plus, there's a, the new tight end, one of the tight ends for the Steelers, has some New Hampshire roots. His father grew up. I used to teach with him at Salem High School. A uh, kid by the name of Pat Fryermuth um, is uh, one of the tight ends for the Steelers, so it's nice to see that. And obviously, you know, the, the baseball players from Exeter that are uh, in, in the minor leagues in baseball, um, you know, Algeria and, and um, Cody Morissette, you know, so there's some really interesting storylines. It's not the ultimate goal, obviously, of high school sports, but it really it ties you into it, it's nice to, that there's New Hampshire flavor, um, you know, at a, at a much larger level than what we're dealing with here. So uh, stay tuned for those uh, pretty cool stories about uh, New Hampshire pride. Yeah, well, that was the, my two-minute drill. I was just going to mention, I, uh, talk about New Hampshire pride. I mean, I think 99.9% uh, .9 of this area was watching the Patriots home opener, not to see Mac Jones, but to see Hunter Long yeah. and how, how he did in that game. And uh, as I was saying to a buddy of mine, uh, it, it's a it, it's a learning process. He's, he, I think he's ahead of the curve as far as 
football smarts and it, but it'll take time before we see him in that prominent role as tight end but he he's he's a smart kid and he's gonna he's gonna build with the team and brian flores his coach loves him uh so i mean just shows and i think the same thing goes for cody morissette he's he's driven he wants to succeed he's with the jupiter team right now uh but obviously the marlins his big target and and it could happen in the very near future so i think any school boy or school girl uh in in any athletic endeavor should just focus and and just give it their best and hey good things can happen good things can happen i think that's look that's a great moral of the story sherm is you never know what's going to happen shouldn't be your ultimate goal well it could be your goal but just try your best and who knows what's going to happen down the road i just interviewed the golf team and uh i'll tell you some of those guys boy i, I just watched them on the tee and i went why couldn't i hit like that yeah. or, I didn't have the wherewithal, the, the, the well, skill, obviously, but the, <laughs> I mean, just the focus. Those kids are focused and, uh, you know, they're, they're the future. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do see some of those guys or gals in the pros in the near future. So you're right, New Hampshire pride. And, and you know what, uh, I got to give the coaches, but also the guidance that you guys at the NHIAA give the different teams in the state and support that's the most important thing so uh, we thank you for joining us again jeff jeff collins the uh, executive director of the new hampshire interscholastic athletic association i love saying that it's a mouthful but i get it out every time i hope a great job of it sounds sounds better coming out of your mouth than mine but we thank you for joining us so on behalf of sam bruno i'm sherm chester inviting you to join us for our next edition of the seaco sports forum be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to get notified about new episodes of the Seco Sports Forum. Follow the Sports Forum team behind the scenes on our Facebook and Twitter pages. This is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seco Sports Forum.